Ladies and gentlemen, fellow patriots, welcome to another exciting episode of Uncensored News. I'm your host, the educated Republican. Now let's get into this shit. First off, I would like to say a welcome to uh, any of the listeners from Parlor. Welcome to the program. And I would like to also extend a, a special welcome to our international listeners from Romania. Welcome to the program. As of now, we are now listened to in 20 plus countries as of today. Uh, we are doing big things up on this podcast. This podcast is growing, you know, beyond my imagination or any dream that I had. We're growing at such an alarming rate that, you know, I, it's almost like, you know, we need to start having additional people uh, help out and run, you know, different segments of the program. But that's OK. That's OK. I'm more than capable of, of handling this myself. Uh, and I'm going to continue to handle it myself because, like I said, this is our program and we're going to keep it the way that it is. And no one's going to come through and change the way that we do business here. Because, you know, looking at, you know, the analytical data and seeing how people are listening to the episodes. I mean, every episode is just growing, you know, two or three times what it used to. You know, the audience is just increasing. You know, the the uh, number of, of, of foreign countries Every time we do an episode, continues to grow. So the word is getting out there. And like I say, you know, I, I like the way that we're doing business. And the only way that we can continue to do the business th this way is by the sponsorship from viewers like yourself. You know, if you're in the United States and this is your first time, you know, listen to the program, if you listen to the program, and if this is something that you enjoy, this is something that, you know, you can't uh, wait to look forward to see what I'm going to say on the next episode. I'm asking for you to sp uh, please sponsor this program. And the way that you can do it is on any platform that you want. If there's anything about the episode or the program itself, there's a link that will take you to Anchor. There you can go ahead and do your donations. Whether it's 99 cents a month. I mean, that's the bare minimum. 99 cents a month. Think about that. What in today's society or world can you buy for 99 cents a month? Not much, but you can sponsor this program for that little bit. And then there's increments of $4.99 and $9.99 a month. So I'm asking for the sponsorship because it helps me with the relentless research that I do. It also helps with the the time that I put into putting these programs together. And like I always say, this is raw and unscripted. There are no notes in front of me that I'm reading off on that, you know, I'm utilizing to, you know, make this, this program flow. This is just right off the top of my head with the data that I've researched. And then we go from there. We're not a big podcast company or anything like that, but we are part of a trend that is continuing in America, and that's people listening to podcasts. People are turning off, you know, the televisions and stuff, listening to the bullshit news like Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever the fuck is out there because true journalism is dead from that aspect. However, news commentary and, and the way that we think on podcasts as independent podcasters or, or host is different from that that you will see on television especially here on, on uncensored news you know i'm giving it to you raw i'm giving it to you a way that nobody is giving you news nobody gives you news the way that i give you news not even rush limbaugh 
and he's he's great at what he does. You know, he's different and, and, and has set himself aside for many decades. I'm not even saying I'm even close to to what he is. I'm not even in that arena of a Rush Limber. But what I'm saying is the way that I deliver news is the way that I perceive it, meaning that, you know, when you hear a story from any of those those CNNs or anything, that should be a lot of questions that you have. The who, what, when, where, why, and how. Why the hell doesn't the media ask those questions? I'll tell you why, because they're bought by big companies. Here on Uncensored News, we're not bought by any big company. Nobody has bought this news station. Nobody's going to buy this news station. I'm never going to abandon the way that I do stuff here, no matter where this podcast goes. I'm going to continue to do it the way that I like doing it, the way that you like me to deliver. That's why you continue to tune in every episode. So with that being said, um, a little announcement. Next week, like I said in the past podcast, uh, I will not be doing a podcast at all next week. Next week is Christmas week. That's the way I perceive it. It is about the birth of Jesus Christ. It is not about Santa Claus. It's not about presents. It's not about... You know, a turkey is not about anything like that. You need to, you know, give it up for our Lord and Savior, for his birth. You know, that is that is huge. You know, if you're a patriot or a conservative or someone just religious or spiritual. And just having one day, you know, it is what it is. But nonetheless, I want to take that whole week so that you can reflect on the blessings that you had this year. 2020 has been a shit year for the whole entire country, the whole entire world. We're talking about people losing jobs. We're talking about people losing their savings accounts, what money they did have, whatever. And getting thrown on top of all of that. COVID-19, which gave birth to all of that. This has been such a shit year. 2020, you know, started off okay, but then it took a wrong turn and went bad fast. And it's continuing to get worse. I mean, start next week or the week after when the 26th rolls around, things are going to get worse for a lot of people. And we're talking about the evictions. The stimulus, you know, protection, that goes away. People are going to be left to their own merits. And we know that the uh, unemployment is reversing. There are more people now starting to, um, you know, get laid off because a lot of governors and stuff like that are closing the doors. So what I want everyone to do next week is just to reflect on the blessings that you do have. You know, the forecast looks very, you know, dark. But there's nothing that we can do until we get to each and every single day. Maybe it's not as bad as we think it's going to be. Maybe there will be some sunshine on those cloudy days. We just got to be thankful that we are, you know, six feet above the ground instead of being in the ground. That, you know, a lot of us have not contracted COVID-19 or known that we had COVID-19. So, you know, that's why we're not going to do a a podcast at all next week, because that needs to be a reflection and a thanks, you know, for what we do have. For the breath you do have in your lungs. The days that you do get to see that that some people don't. Some people are hooked up to a respirator right now. There's some people who are not going to make it past today. But you are. 
So you need to, you know, thank God for that. You need to thank God for, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ. So we will pick up on the 28th um, for our last podcast episode of 2020. And then from there, you know, I'll give uh, more directions or more information on uh, when we will be coming back after the New Year's. Uh, There's some stuff that I have to do, too, um, you know, after New Year's. So I don't want to say that, oh, you know, right when New Year's is over with, you know, New Year's Day, we're going to be back that Friday or so. I'm, I'm not for sure, but we will be back in January for sure. If anything, it'll probably be the second week of uh, January, because like I said, I have some stuff to do. It's a new year. I got some stuff I have to take care of. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that the podcast get in the way, but, you know, I'm on a move. When I'm on a move and I got things to take care of, you know, that's kind of uh, priority. Not that I'm shafting or, or shifting, you know, my priorities, meaning that, the podcast, you know, everybody needs their, their, their fix, you know, everybody needs that fix of uncensored news and I get it. But like I say, I am one person and I have a lot of responsibility and things that I have to do too in my personal life besides the podcast. And I try to give the podcast as much attention as I can. I have a family, I have, you know, obligations, you know, to them, you know, that's priority. It's not secondary, it's priority. Um, so, this episode is going to be jam-packed. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about um, before I let you uh, enjoy your week next week. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> there's so much stuff um, that this segment, you know, is probably going to be broken into three segments, to be honest with you, uh, because I'm going to need a break between all of this talking and, and, you know, at my uh, tidbits to each one of these stories. Um, I put this stuff in a specific order or whatnot to um, just flow a little bit better so that you can follow what it is that I'm putting down and better understand uh, where I'm going with each individual story. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to start off with um, Representative, Representative uh, Swalwell. You know, this is the asshole or whatnot, you know, Democrat West Coast in Congress appointed to the Intelligence Committee by fuckface Nancy Pelosi. Um, and he's the one that slept with a known operative from China, meaning that she's a spy. And he also had a spy within his um, office administration. Um, and that spy was an intern. And I want to make a correction to something I got somebody's birthday, uh, not birthday, but how old they were uh, incorrect. And that was Diane Feinstein. I keep saying that she's 85. I don't know why 85 keeps um, keeps popping in my mind when I think about her. It's even worse than that. She's 87. She's 87 years old. 87 years old. She is the chairwoman or the chairperson of the Senate Intel Committee, and she had a spy in her organization in her own private office for 20 years. For 20 years. 87 years old. And then, you know, there's a pharmacist who um, deals with pharmaceuticals for 
Congress and the Senate that says that um, they have been given out a lot of Alzheimer's related medication. Oh, yeah. You can't be surprised at that. Nancy Pelosi herself is 80 years old. Dianne Feinstein is 87. She's the oldest senator currently in office at 87. How in the fuck does she continue to get reelected, folks? Do you realize that a senator is elected for six years? A House representative is elected for two years. But a senator, six years. So if Dianne Feinstein right now was to be up for re-election in 2021, not saying that she is, I don't know when her, her um, you know, she needs to, to run for re-election and why in the fuck somebody 87 will be running for re-election is beyond me. It's all about power and control, absolute control and, 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 you know, cashing in. I don't know what the fuck can you do if you're so busy on a hill and you can't spend that money, but, you know, to each his own. But you're 87 years old, and if you have to run in 2021, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, she'll be in office to 93 if her term was up in 2021. 93 years old. What the fuck is wrong with you all for sitting here and electing these officials this damn old? There's no way that somebody should be in the office at 87 years old. That woman has outlived me, you know, almost three times. You got to be kidding me. 87 years old? A senator for the United States of America? Man, come the fuck on. 87? I don't even know an 87-year-old person. And then the ones I do see, whether it's on TV, on YouTube, or whatnot, they're not fully functional at 87. And then the pharmacist is, is saying that they are pushing a lot of Alzheimer's medication to the hill in general for people in Congress and the Senate. Well, we know that's not happening to these young, young senators and, and congressional personnel that are in their 30s and 40s. We know that. So it obviously has to be people related to Nancy Pelosi. Have you seen her lately doing, you know, speeches or, you know, Sunday uh, 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 events? Have you seen that? We can't just blame that on her dentures. Obviously, that's what she has in her mouth, but she's losing it. Diane Feinstein sometimes doesn't even look like she know where the fuck she's at. Now, that's 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 speculation. But come on, am I, am I that far from being, you know, in the right neighborhood at the right house? I'm somewhere around the block, folks. I ain't in the opposite neighborhood across town. No, I'm somewhere near that house. You know, I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. 87 years old. Man, get the fuck out of here. Um, anyway. Let me go ahead and uh, get this story with fucking Eric Swalwell getting back to my point. Uh, Eric Swalwell, a Democrat from California, refused to answer questions about his relationship with a Chinese spy on Thursday while walking home with uh, snow on the ground. Swalwell ignored 
Questions from Fox News Network reporters outside the congressman residence. On December 8th, Exios reported a Chinese national named Fang, Fang Fang, also known as Christine Fang, had ties to a number of political figures, including Swalwell, and had sexual interaction with at least two Midwestern mayors. Swalwell's office gave a statement to Exios, uh, but it and the congressman have remained silent about the controversy since. Representative Swalwell long ago provided information about this person whom he met more than eight years ago and whom he hasn't seen in nearly six years to the FBI. Swalwell office told Exios, um, they added that Swalwell will not uh, will not participate in the story out of concern about possible classified information. Oh, now he's worried about fucking classified information. Oh, yeah. After you had. Oh, OK. Oh, OK. But, uh, yeah. OK. So you have sex with a person. Oh, I ain't seen her in six years. Get the fuck out of here. You know, you. Oh, man. Come on. Uh, anyway, uh, politicians from San Francisco Bay Area were of interest to Fang who reportedly took part in Swalwell's 2014 re-election campaign. He initially was elected to the House in 2012. Exios reported Fang and Swalwell have been linked since his days as the Dublin City, California uh, council member. According to the report, she has helped raise money for his 2014 campaign and placed at least one intern in his office. Investigators reportedly gave Swalwell a de, uh, defensive brief, uh, defensive briefing in 2015, and he cut ties with Fang soon after. On Fox and Friends, Senator Tom Cotton, Republican from Arkansas, said Swalwell needs to commit uh, comment on the story. Eric Swalwell says he's a victim in it all. If that's the case, what he should do is come forward and have a no holds barred press conference and explain exactly what his relationship with these Chinese spies was, Cotton said. <sighs> it's something else. Like they say, silence is deadly. When you have these allegations and you're not saying anything, and I don't know why we're not getting reports that he has been removed from the Intel Committee or suspended or denied you know, briefings, it still seems like he's getting it. No one's saying he's not. And then he's not speaking up. You work for the people, asshole. You don't have this, this privilege where you don't have to speak out or tell the people what's going on. That's one thing that I see that a lot of people in politics uh, are forgetting, that you work at the pleasure of the people. So that means when something comes up like this, you are obligated to tell the people what the fuck is going on. Not sit there and remain silent. You don't have the right to remain silent. This is not the Mirandas. You're not getting arrested. You don't have that right as a politician to remain silent on something as big as this. This is not something small, folks. This is not something small at all. We know that the Bay Area or California in general, that whole West Coast is just saturated with all type of spies from China. And probably other countries, including Russia. So Diane Feinstein had somebody on her team for 20 years. And Swalwell and these mayors or whatnot are having relationships with a Chinese spy. And there's also a Chinese spy planet inside of Swalwell's uh, office. 
and you just remain silent on it all. You don't come out and tell the people what's going on. You don't rebuttal what they're saying. You don't say anything. You just go silent. This is not a, a, uh, you know, personal silver matter where, you know, you're getting sued or something and the media asks you questions. You're going to be quiet and let your lawyers do the talking for you. You're a political person. You're in politics. You're in the U.S. Congress. You're not just in your, you know, state Congress. You're in the U.S. Congress. People want to know. You have an obligation to tell them. Just like the, you know, Cotton said that you need to do a press conference, a nose hose bar, and fucking tell everybody what the fuck it is that that happened. What you know. Sitting here remaining silent is not an option for you, sir. Not at all. And I'm sick and tired of these these political people sitting here trying to, you know, run with this side. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to be silent about it. I'm not going to say anything about it. Man, get the fuck out of here. You're going to say something about it one way or the other. Or your ass needs to be recalled. You need to be recalled. The fucking governor of Georgia needs to be recalled. I mean, there's a lot of people that needs to be recalled. Even the goddamn secretary of state of Georgia needs to be recalled. And speaking of the secretary of state of Georgia, Georgia's secretary of state announces statewide ballot audit. Georgia's secretary of state has relented and announced a statewide signature matching effort for the November election. President Donald Trump's campaign claimed voters fraud and has requested that the secretary, Brad, I ain't even going to say your last name. That's a long ass last name. I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, secretary of state, Brad, ordered such an audit uh, since the election ended. Excuse me. Signatures for absentee ballots in all of Georgia's 159 counties will be reviewed per the Washington Times. Um, Brad announcement came less than three weeks before the January 5th Georgia U.S. Senate runoff election for both seats in the upper chamber. Now, speaking of that runoff, if you don't know what's going on, there's a runoff between um, this is like something that's unusual that you have two Senate seats, you know, from the same state up for, you know, election at the same time. Typically, you know, it's like a, a junior senior type of deal. And, you know, they're never at the same time. But it is in this case and good good news for the Republicans as of yesterday. And take this with a grain of salt, because we know how the polls are. We know what the polls say. Going back to 20, 20, uh, 15, 16, Trump doesn't have a, a chance, zero chance. Hillary got it going. Pick out your drape, Hillary. Uh, design your carpet, do all that. Uh, get a nice name plate. You, you, you know what type of chair you want, Hillary? Don't worry about it. Trump ain't going to win shit. So take polls information with a grain of sand. But right now they're saying that both of the Republican uh, nominees are, are ahead of that other Democrat nominees. Uh, we know that uh, voting has already started in Georgia. And if you're listening to this and you're in Georgia, please go down and vote. Vote in person. Follow up with your vote. Make sure your vote has been cast the way that you want it to be cast. Don't allow them to continue to steal the votes. You can't be up one minute and then lose. I mean, we've seen that in 2020. Come on. If you're in Georgia, you have an obligation to ensure that the Democrats do not get control of the Senate. Could you imagine if Biden steals the White House? Pelosi runs Congress and fucking Schumer is running the Senate. 
saying that everything's on the table to include packing the fucking courts, undoing everything that President Trump has done since he's been in office, a whole Democratic-controlled government. Oh, boy. Let's not, let's not do that, folks. If you're in Georgia and you're listening to Uncensored News, get out and vote. Get everybody you know who is a registered vote, uh, voter to vote, who is a legal voter to vote. Everyone 18 and older, get them registered to vote. You are obligated at this point in time in this political spectrum. All right, continuing on with the story. Uh, the election will determine which party will hold the Senate majority. The University of Georgia will partner with the secretary's office to analyze a random sampling of signatures from each county for mail-in ballots during the November election, a Thursday press uh, release said. The audit is expected to wrap up in two weeks. We are confident that the election in Georgia are secure, reliable, and effective, Brad said. Despite endless lawsuits and the wall allegations from Washington, D.C. pundits, we have seen no actual evidence of widespread, uh, widespread voter fraud. Though we are investigating all credible reports, nonetheless, we look forward to working with the University of Georgia in this signature matching review to further instill confidence in Georgia's voting system. The state already was auditing signatures for mail-in ballots in Cobb County in Atlanta suburb. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation is helping with that effort. The Trump campaign claimed that Cobb County did not properly conduct signature matching in June, Jordan Funch, Georgia's Deputy Secretary of State, said. After the uh, countywide audit, we will look at the entire, uh, entire state. We will look at the entire election to make sure signature match was executed properly. Georgia was among several battleground states accused of widespread voter fraud centering on mail-in ballots by President Trump. The president lost the state by 0.2% or 11,779 votes. He didn't lose that state. That's bullshit. And one thing they should do, and it should be mandatory everywhere, and the Supreme Court should make it mandatory, or our government should make it mandatory, especially in a general federal election, that you have to check the signature. And, and, and a, a mandatory audit, not a recount. You must understand, a recount, all they do is count the ballots that they have for whom it goes to. They don't look any further than that. An actual audit means that you have to verify all the data up on someone's ballot to make sure it's accurate, meaning that that person's name, their address, make sure they didn't vote twice in different counties, different states. Look at their signatures. Make sure that they are registered voters. Make sure they're not a felon. Make sure they're over the age of 18. So on and so forth to make sure that it is a legally bona fide ballot. Now, with that being said, this should have been done. President Trump called for this long time ago before they did a recall and certified the election in Georgia. Now you need an additional two weeks. You all are full of shit. He's been calling for you all to do a audit long time ago. He called you out. Many people called you out when you were doing the um the fucking um, 
the I'm getting lost. I'm getting so caught up with all this stuff. But when they were doing the recall, instead of doing the recall, they should have done that. Kill two birds with one stone, meaning that, okay, he wants us to do a recall. We're going to do the recall, but we're also going to do a, a fucking audit. That way, there is no question, because here he is with a baseless claim. You're doing a baseless claim, sir. Both of you all, the Secretary of State and the Deputy, both of y'all are doing a baseless claim because people in Georgia have come out and have testified about voter fraud, things that they did which were illegal. If you did something illegal, were told to do something illegal, and you testify, why would they be? Why would they continue to say that is baseless? I was there. That's what they're saying. I conducted fraud. I did fraud. I signed an affidavit to say that I was pushed to do fraud. I was pushed to do something wrong. And you still sit here and say that these people are out of their fucking mind, that it is baseless. No, if you would have just done the audit instead of a recount in the first place, then you would have, you know, some merit to stand on. But instead, now you need an additional two weeks. Why don't we just call fucking Alaska next in the fucking uh, 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 do theirs too? Why don't we just tell everybody to do it? I mean, these states are so fucked up. Why do you want to be the state that stick out every damn time an election come? Because you ain't doing right. Because you can't do right. You knew that these machines were fraud. You, in your own words, in state and local elections that happened in Georgia, you were one of the first ones that identified the problem with the machines. You're the one that said that the people wasn't trained, that there were so many errors coming from the machine, that they would break down, that they're easily fucking hackable remotely or even they're in person with a USB or a fucking SIM card. That is so easy to get into those machines that you had so many problems that the people who worked there with the machines didn't know how to fix the machines. So people were sent to other areas to vote when the machines were up and working. So you knew that there was problems in Georgia as this summer, as early as this summer with these machines, these Dominion machines. And instead of saying, we're not going to use those machines in the general election, you use them anyway. And then you're going to sit here and say, ain't no fucking problem. All those allegations are fucking baseless. There's nothing here to see. Oh man, y'all are, y'all need to stop. Y'all can't even fucking keep a lie, lie going and can't even keep it straight. You don't even know where in the lie you're fucking up at. You're fucking up big time, dude. Cut the shit. And just do a damn audit. If you do an audit, well, then that solves everything. Once the audit is done, then okay. I guess we have to, we will have to respect what comes out of Georgia, uh, you know, out of that, those counties or wherever you're doing the, the audit. If that's what you're saying. But instead of just doing it to shut everybody up, you just want to, now we're going to do a recall. Oh, okay. Now we want to do an audit. Hold on. Did you certify it? So if you certified it now and you're doing a, a fucking audit, whoa, what's going on? Did you even certify? What the hell is going on in Georgia? You all are so ass backwards. It's not be fucking funny. Now I'm not talking about the people of Georgia. I'm talking about your fucking government. You all need to fucking recall y'all governor. You really do. And in any other state where things are going wrong, whether you got lockdowns or whatnot, people, you got power to fucking recall these individuals. You can start a petition to recall them. And I'm calling you the fucking action now. Stop taking this shit lying down. You're not fucking sheep. 
They're wolves among the sheeps. And they're in your fucking government. You should be able to identify them by their actions and the things that they say. All these mayors and governors doing opposite with fucking COVID-19 and y'all just standing by and allowing it to fucking happen. Enough is fucking enough. Fucking call them out. Fucking recall their ass. There's a movement already to fucking go after the governor in fucking California. New York, do you want to wake up or do you want to continue to pay fucking crazy ass taxes and sit there and allow Cuomo to fucking kill the elderly in the, in the nursing home? By putting patients of COVID-19 in nursing home, infecting those who are more receptive, meaning 65 and older. But you all are going to sit here and just allow this shit to happen. And then go, oh, I don't want to pay all those taxes. I don't want restriction. Well, get rid of his fucking ass. Recall him. Recall them all. Petitions don't cost you shit besides a signature. Get out in your community, get everybody fired up, and get these sons of bitches recalled. All of them. You get them recalled, you allow the people to fucking voice their opinion or where they want, you know, the the state, the government to go. In what direction? By voting. They can either vote for those people, keep them back in office, and then you reap what you sow. Or you get somebody else to do the job. You're not stuck with any of these people, folks. Stop acting like, you know, you got to keep Diane Feinstein in fucking office forever and a day until she has a stroke or die in damn office at 87 fucking years old. Or Nancy Pelosi fucking missing her teeth with fucking Alzheimer's and shit. Don't know where the fuck she's at. Come on, folks. Like Joe Biden says, come on, man. Get your shit together. Start recalling these sons of bitches. Don't threaten them. Just do it. Recall them. A call to action from uncensored news to you all. Recall them. We can sit here and talk about this shit till we're blue in the fucking face, but enough is enough. Recall their motherfucking asses. Enough is enough. These people are embarrassing you in the fucking news. Recall them. All right, so moving on. I'm just getting so fired up today, folks. I'm, I'm very fired up because I'm sick and tired of this shit. Um, this is a very interesting story. This just shows you how the swamp is reemerging and how, you know, there's information out there that show that Iran, that China and Russia all had some some type of collusion or some something to do with uh, interference in this year's election. To show that this story is 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 out of Iran, and it basically say and I'm not going to say this president's uh, last name or nothing like that. Like I said, most people I'm just going to say their title and their first name. You may know that last name. I'm not even going to try to say it. I butcher. A lot of people name as it is. I really do. Typically, if you know who I am and people listening to this who do know me, you know I give nicknames to people. Because I am just so bad with names. I don't do it on purpose. It's just that I see you as something different and I'll just, you know, give you a little <laughs> nickname to help me remember who you are. Uh, I'm not Nancy Pelosi or Feinstein and need some damn Alzheimer's medication. Not that bad. Uh, but anyway... It basically is titled, um, I'm going to say the Iran president, 
Hassan is urging Biden to rejoin the nuclear deal and Iran will too. If you all knew about this nuclear deal, it's something that Obama had back in the day where he literally sent over cash. Billions, billions with a D, I mean with a B, billions of dollars to Iran on military cargo planes to keep Iran from expanding their nuclear program, which was going to yield nuclear weapons. So taking American tax dollars, billions of it, and giving it to Iran so that they would not expand on their nuclear program. Well, it had an opposite effect. They actually took those billions and expanded on their nuclear program. Surprise, surprise. You're dealing with Iran that wants to make this just a a dark spot on Earth by nuking the United States. Iran that has no sovereignty or any type of diplomatic real relations with America. A place that you know, has human rights violation. That does not give their people rights. People. <laughs> Iran is supporting terrorists, Al-Qaeda and ISIS, in the Middle East. And in a lot of European countries and things like that. They support terrorism. And we gave them billions of dollars. So just like Fast and the Furious under the Obama administration that saw America buying guns and sending them to drug cartels to see how they get back into the country, which had a a horrible, a horrible effect by seeing many Americans killed by those same weapons that Obama purchased. And it was spearheaded by Eric Holder, the U.S. Attorney General of the United States under the Obama administration. They also did this deal with John Kerry. Sit here and give billions to Iran not to expand their program. But they did. President Trump got us out of there. Receded any funds going to them. Told them go fuck yourself. You want to bring it? I got a military that will bomb your fucking ass off this planet. Fuck with us and see what happens. Iran didn't want none of this. He put sanctions on Iran. That country is suffering economically. And they're also blaming us for COVID-19 in that country too. Go figure. Because when you can't deal with situations in your country, you might as well just blame the U.S. for everything, right? That's what they're doing. They're saying, well, if you, you know, didn't have these sanctions on it, you know, we can get the help and stuff we need. No, we ain't got nothing to do with that. You act like we fucking created COVID-19, bitch. We're dealing with COVID-19 in the United States, too. Everybody is in the world. Get in fucking line. Stop blaming your fucking shortcomings upon us. But now we see them sitting here. You know, they're one of the first ones to congratulate Biden. Again, the media gave it to Biden. And everybody believes that Biden has it. And these fucking world leaders are reaching out to Biden. 
talking about, oh yeah, uh, come on, let's 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 redo this deal. So Iran President Hassan, in a direct appeal to U.S. President-elect Joe Biden, said his country was willing to return to full compliance with its nuclear deal with world powers if Washington does. So they're hurting economically. You heard me say that. So they want the uh, the billions. They want them. They know Biden's soft. Soft like a marshmallow. They want to bully him. Hey, dude, get back in this meeting. Send them billions up over there. We need that money. We, we will talk about nuclear weapons. We won't do bad. So if he returns to the situation as it was in 2017, then so will we, said Hassan, who stalked, who staked his reputation on the success of the accord only to see it unravel after U.S. President Donald Trump took office that year. You are out of your fucking mind. Unravel. You didn't do shit. You all, I mean, there are fucking photos and intelligence out there that shows that fucking Iran was increasing, that that showed that they were building fucking weapons, that showed that they were, uh, uh, you know, Sending out their weapons to like North Korea and stuff. North Korea were buying their fucking nuclear weapons. North Korea don't make that shit on their own. They buy it from fucking Iran and Russia. Uh, Trump quit the nuclear deal in 2018 and imposed a crippling sanction uh, regime on Iran in an effort to isolate it internationally and force it to renegotiate a new agreement. Biden has expressed readiness to rejoin the deal if Iran accepts the limitations on its nuclear activities that it abandoned after Washington withdrew. What the fuck, dude? They didn't... Uh, mm, boy. Okay. While Hassan insisted that uh, the U.S. has to make up for its past mistakes, he also signaled that the reparations for sanctions damage wouldn't be a precondition for reviving the agreement. He got some balls on him, boy. If we start demanding compensation, then it just means sanctions will last longer. We have to decide how big the damage are, who has to pay, will they pay, and which form decides. The president also expressed willingness to meet with Biden if the U.S. lifts sanctions and return to the agreement. If a meeting were possible this hour, I wouldn't postpone it to the next, Hassan said. (sighs) Digest all that. Digest the story I just read. Digest the information I gave you and see this fucking scheme that's going on. These people want billions of American taxpayer dollars. We are dealing with a fucking pandemic right now. Our economy is sliding in the wrong direction. Unemployment is starting to fucking unemployment claims are starting to fucking increase. We got kids not going to school. We got our own problems. And instead of giving us stimulus packages, That helps our economy. Helps the American citizen. Biden is more concerned with getting back in a deal. 
with Iran and sending them billions of dollars. You see where his priorities are, right? Overseas. Between China and Iran and other people who have fucked us over and called us out and called for the elimination and extinction of the American people. You want to get back in bed with these dogs. So when America wakes up with fleas like we did prior to President Trump, why is anybody surprised? Nancy Pelosi and them won't give us the billions that we need to help us during this pandemic. But these motherfuckers are sitting here talking about readying a deal with Iran. Folks, we're going to take a commercial break. We're going to come back with more uncensored news, but I want you to just dissect what I just said. You want to give Iran billions to help them out, but you don't want want, you don't even want to help your own American citizens, the people who put you in office, the people that you are obligated to serve first, the people that you're supposed to be seeing their well-being, the people who who money that is. Who needs that money? But you want to do a deal with Iran. Think about that. As we go on break, pay some bills, and come back with more fiery, uncensored news. I'm your host, the Educated Republican. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to Uncensored News. I'm the Educated Republican. Now let's get back into more of this shit. Uh, I know I've been talking about the bands that are coming up. Excuse me. The bands that are coming up with the expiration of all the protection from the um, stimulus package. Uh, One that I want to really reiterate that I was talking about uh, summarizing on the last podcast was the eviction. Um... I got this story that says expect the most evictions in U.S. history as ban expires. Um, I'm going to go through some of the analytical information with you all. But first, I'm going to read the story to make sense of everything. So when I get to that, you will be able to uh, understand and follow what it is that I'm saying. The federal ban on eviction expires in January. It actually expires on December 26 uh, for millions that. When um, a huge problem starts, wave of evictions coming. Prepare for a wave of evictions in January as federal bans expire. Millions of U.S. renters face the prospect of evictions in January unless the federal officials extend protections put in place during the COVID-19 pandemic. That month is when the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's ban on evictions is set to expire. The memorandum protects tenants who have missed monthly rent payments from being thrown out of their homes if they declare financial hardship. The CDC ordered the halt on evictions under the Public Health Service Act, which allows the federal government to enact regulations that help stop the spread of infectious diseases. Between 2.4 million and 5 million American households are at risk of evictions in January alone, and millions more will be vulnerable in the months after, 
according to estimates from the investment bank and financial advisory firm Strout Ruiz Ross. I'm just going to say SRR. Uh, landlords have already filed more than 150,000 eviction petitions during the pandemic in the 27 cities tracked by the Princeton University Eviction Lab. Many of those tenants have lost their cases and are now on the hook for all of their back rent. Most evictions in U.S. history. I don't see how it's possible that we're going to see more evictions in January than we ever had in a month, said John Pollock, state attorney at the Public Justice Center. Questions abound? It is easy to sympathize with tenants, but what about landlords who can't pay mortgages? Are we to postpone evictions forever while landlords lose their property? There has been no discussion in any of the recent COVID packages to further memorandums nor aid to landlords who have not been paid for months. So unless there is a specific aid, significant aid, in a bill to allow tenants to catch up, millions of evictions are on the way. But as I said before we went to the break, Biden wants to send billions of dollars over there to Iran so that we can stop their uh, their advancement, their nuclear program, which they do anyway, and nobody says shit about it. All right, so uh, I'm going to break it down per race on uh, percentage of renters behind on payments. Uh, looking at this chart right now, this chart goes back to probably about, mm, I'm going to say back in August on this particular chart. Uh, it showed that percentage of renters behind on rent as African Americans, it started off probably about 24%. And at its height, it was a probably about 34%. And then in November, it started to slightly go down. And it's probably currently at 31%. Uh, looking at for Hispanics, we have a start of August, probably about 20%. They peaked at probably about 22%. And uh, is going in a downward slope, kind of. And they're currently sitting at probably about 18%. When we look at Asians, they started off with probably about 18%. The height was probably about 24%, and they have decreased significantly uh, to about mm, 14 or 13%. Uh, whites, not Hispanics, um, started off probably about 11. The height was probably about 14, and ever since then they've been in a downward spiral, and they currently sit at probably about a 12. Um, when we look at tenants with high confidence in the ability to pay next month's rent by race, uh, this data goes back to May. And starting off with uh, African Americans, that was currently at, I mean, back then, around May, it was at 29%. And then the height of it was about... We're going to say about 
and it's been going down at a spiral uh, and it's currently sitting at 31%. When we look at Hispanics, that started off at 28. The height was probably about 35 and currently it's sitting at probably about 32. When we look at Asians, it started off at 49, and the height was probably about 51. Wait, uh, yeah, about 51. Um, and currently, no, actually that was 51 uh, was the spike drive, and then currently it's sitting at probably about 52. So that would be the height at 52 right now. Uh, whites, not Hispanics. Um, started off probably about 53 and the height that they had was about 58 and it's, it's starting to decrease and it's currently sitting at the same as it was with Asians probably at 52%. Um, so basically what's going on is that we're seeing that confidence in actually paying rent with minorities with the exception of Asians seems to be decreasing uh, with their confidence of actually paying rent. Um, and that's just America for you. Uh, it always seems that minorities, excuse me, are always at a disadvantage for everything. Uh, even with this COVID-19, African-Americans and Hispanics, especially African-Americans, are supposed to be more perceptible to COVID-19 for some fucking reason. No one has really explained that, but, you know, we're supposed to be more infected with COVID-19 or easily affected with COVID-19 than anybody. Well, you know, knock on wood, no one in my family um, on, you know, my bloodline side, on my mom's side, has yet to catch COVID-19. And they're African-American. I'm African-American. Some of them have been tested just like I've been tested and no result has come back positive. But on my wife's side, and she's Caucasian, there have been family members that have passed away because of COVID-19. A lot of these people were in nursing homes uh, too, but they have passed away because of COVID-19. But they say statistically that African Americans and Hispanics are more receptive and 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 um you know going to pass away because of COVID-19, but I I'm living that data and I've yet to see it. I don't know how true that is. Because that means places like Baltimore, Maryland, Atlanta, Georgia, Chicago, Illinois, you know, the Bay Area in California, Houston, Texas, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, the Carolinas, you know, should be seeing like spikes and deaths more than than anywhere else all being black. And I don't think that's the case. But I digress. Um, moving on to another confusing 
and sad story um, that I want to bring up is um, this is a very interesting story. Uh, I saw this story one late night and, you know, at the time the data, what, I mean, the information wasn't clear what was going on. It was kind of confusing. You know, they left readers just like ah, with a question mark, like, what the fuck? Like, what, 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 what are we even talking about here? And some of you probably, you know, know of this story and heard or maybe heard of this story or both. Uh, boy two abandoned at Mississippi Goodwill drop off with extra clothes. Note identifies suspects arrested. So Mississippi police on Monday said a healthy two year old boy who was abandoned with a change of clothes and a note that said child abandoned. No phone number for mom at a Goodwill drop off has been identified and a suspect arrested. The child is in the custody of the State Department, um, the State Department of Child Protective Services. The South Haven Police Department said in a Facebook post. The male child is approximately two years old and is unable to give his name or the names of his parents or relatives. Department initially posted about the boy. That's the information that I had at the time. And that's kind of how the story uh, was left. Uh, but it continues to go on and say police said that they were looking for a man and a woman who were in a beat up vehicle and were seen on surveillance video abandoning the child at the South Haven Goodwill store and state line road east around 940 a.m. The man was wearing black jogging pants and a black cowboy hat when he dropped off the little boy, police said. The suspect was arrested across state lines in Memphis, Tennessee, authorities said. South Haven police received numerous tips and with the assistance of the FBI offices in both Mississippi and Tennessee, along with the Shelby County Sheriff's Department, a suspect related to the case was taken into custody in Memphis, department said. It did not release any information about charges or suspect. Police told WREG-TV, the note said, child abandoned, no phone number for mom, was scribbled on a paper towel. Police found the note in a plastic Kroger bag dropped off with the boy. Also inside was a change of clothes and some food, according to the station. The station reported interviewing a Goodwill worker who took the child. He said the man walked up to him and said, the child's mother couldn't care for him before walking away, according to the station. The worker told the station the boy had on clothes ill-suited for Monday morning's chilly weather. He also described the boy as being in good spirits, laughing, playing with toys and eating food as they were waiting, waiting for police to arrive. The boy did not know how old he was, holding up two fingers when asked how old he was. I'm sorry, the boy did know how old he was, holding up two fingers when asked how old he was. Folks, this is this is like just the weirdest story ever. It, 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 it's, it's, it's just so weird. A random man drops off a kid with a note, change of clothes, the clothes that the kid had on 
were ill-fitted for that day because it was chilly and basically said no phone number for the mom but he said the the, the mom is abandoning the boy and just walk away didn't say the name of the child or anything like that there are words out maybe the, the, the kid was uh you know kidnapped um there is a woman you know that they are seeking right now you know because they got the man in custody but they don't have the woman this woman is african-american this child is african-american and you really cannot see the color of the person who brought the kid up there this person is more light complected looks caucasian could be a bright-skinned african-american we don't know but this person has been caught by police in Memphis, Tennessee and taken into custody. And hopefully he will be more forthcoming with information that leads to the arrest of this woman. Because I'm su suspecting, I don't know, that this woman is the child's mother. And they have a picture up here that I'm looking at. And I'm looking at the kid and I'm looking at her. And, you know, this kid looks a lot like this woman so far as like the eyebrows and the facial expression and stuff this kid looks like this could be her child so maybe this was a child abandonment and not an actual kidnapping and you know kidnappers just releasing this child it's sad that they went through this type of um scenario to abandon this child Instead of calling child services or something like that, if you can't afford to take care of your child or something, give a, give the child over to a family member or over to the state. But just to drop them off at a goodwill and walk away like, you know, nothing happened. Here's a change of clothes, uh, one change of clothes, a single change of clothes and a note written on a paper towel. Not even fucking writing paper, not on the back of of a sheet, a flyer or, or, or anything. On a fucking paper towel. I I don't know how well any of us can write on the paper towel. But she wrote on the paper towel. Or somebody wrote on the paper towel. And then even said the mom you know, is abandoning the child. That's not how you abandon a child. You create a child in this world. You're obligated to take care of that child. That child didn't ask to be born to you. That child doesn't know anything besides what you teach them and what you give them. They look up to you for everything that they need, everything that they want. And for you just to pull back and abandon your child, that's some bullshit. You're unfit to be a mother. They should remove your fucking ovaries to make sure that you can never produce another child. You see, they, they like to castrate men in certain states or whatnot when they commit you know sexual acts against um minors but when a woman does it nothing happens to her you don't castrate her people applaud oh well you know he got some he's becoming a man that's a good look no it's not rape is rape and both parties should be castrated and when you do something like this, you should be castrated. Abandoning a child? 
because you can't take care of the child anymore. In the manner that you did it, they should castrate you, lady, when they catch you. You can run, but this picture is very clear. You can't fucking hide. They're going to be able to identify you on some type of uh, state driver license or something. You're old enough to have a driver license or ID. They, they, they know who you are. I'm putting money on it. They know who the fuck this woman is. It's just a matter of finding her. But she should not be allowed to have any more fucking kids. Anybody that does something in a situation like this should not be allowed to have any more kids. You know, there's a lot of places that you can take a child or whatnot for safety. And a lot of fire departments will take the children in. Police stations will take the children in. People with more, you know, standoffish if they want to abandon a child at a police station because they feel like they're going to get arrested. So go to the fire station. But just to drop them off at Goodwill... Imagine if the workers are busy and they don't see the child out there. You just leave the child in the middle of the fucking parking lot or whatnot with a bag and in a note, not even a note, but words scribbled on the paper towel that you abandoned this child. Child doesn't even know his name, but he knows how old he is. This is just sad prior to Christmas, folks. This is this abandonment shit. This is this was just a weird, weird ass story. And I thought that was something that I just needed to uh, share on my podcast. It's just a weird fucking story in general. Um, let's talk about some some other stuff. Um, for us gun lovers, um, patriots of this um, podcast. Proposed ATF guidelines on AR-15 pistols could impact millions. Here they go, folks. You know, as soon as Democrats come in, all they ever talk about is everything and anything dealing with the Second Amendment. How are they going to fuck over Americans who, you know, see the Second Amendment as, you know, the right to bear arms against enemy foreign and domestic to include the fucking government? That's the way that I interpret it. Is to protect myself because let's 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 face it, police are reactive, not necessarily proactive. They're proactive and you know being posted in places and visible and all that different type of stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when a crime actually fucking happens. A lot, for the most part, they're reactive. People are calling 911 as something has happened or after something has already happened. So. To have a weapon to protect yourself against somebody who would do harm unto you or harm to somebody else, I think is a a right. And the Second Amendment gives you that right to protect your yourself, your loved ones and your fellow countrymen. So when you start putting regulations on how it is that we conduct ourselves because you fear that's your own problem. That fear is is yours. If I take a gun and lay it down in the middle of the street with bullets surrounding it, that gun can't do harm to a single person. It's not going to jump up, load itself, and start firing off and shooting people. Stupid people are the ones that harm other people. Crazed people. Are the ones that harm other people. Violent people are the ones that would pick up that gun 
loaded and go kill or harm or maim an individual or multiple people. Guns themselves are just like your knives and your forks and stuff. They just sit in there until you're ready to utilize them. A gun is the same way. Until you put your finger on that trigger and take it off the safe and aim it at something or someone, it's not going to do anything just sitting in there. So don't be believing this hype if you know nothing about guns that they just just fire and you know just having one should be such a bad thing because you don't give a shit when a when a police officer walk past you with a gun. You don't give a damn that an 18 year old is in the military with a with a, a rifle, a pistol, driving a fucking tank. You know, flying an aircraft with fucking bombs on it. You don't care. And that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. In essence. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you don't have to fear because people have the right to, you know, conceal carry or open carry or something like that. They're not targeting you. They're protecting themselves. They're showing a criminal or whatnot. You know, I don't agree with open carry, but to each his own. If that's what you want to do, you want to open carry, that's on you. I'm not going to broadcast, you know, if I'm carrying a weapon or whatnot, let it be a surprise. If I do that and if they go into a place, I'm a fucking sitting target if I'm not paying attention. I'm interfering in what they want to do. And I'm going to be one of the ones that they take out first. So conceal carry, if they don't know you got it, well, then that's the element of surprise on their asses. You're ready. They don't know it. But you're ready. But only take care of it in a safe manner, meaning that you know the whole situation, that you can positively swear that, yes, there was only one person involved in it. Because the last thing we want is a situation like at Walmart, where a good Samaritan tried to take out one a, a suspect who was on the shooting spree and didn't realize his girlfriend was right behind that good Samaritan. And the girlfriend put the gun to the good Samaritan head. Before the good Samaritan can fire his weapon onto the, to her uh, boyfriend who was involved in this, this, this plot to kill as many people as possible. So you got to be careful when you pull your weapon out. You got to be able to know the situation. But first and foremost, you must, you know, get to safety. Get yourself out of the situation if you can. If they don't know you're there or whatnot and you can slide on out. Get the hell out. Don't try to be a hero, folks. Don't try to be a hero. Because sometimes that comes back and bites you in the ass. If the cops are rushing in or whatnot and they see you with a gun too, you may be accidentally shot and killed. Don't try to be the hero. Try to get yourself out of there if you can. Protect those that you can get out of the situation. But getting back to this. Uh, let me get out, get out of that rabbit hole. Um... Like I said, proposed ATF guidelines on AR-15 pistol could impact millions. Proposed guidelines uh, regulate AR-15 pistols is touching off anger among Second Amendment activists and sparking controversy. According to the Washington Free Beacon, the proposal by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosive ATF could require millions of AR-15 pistols and similar firearms which are designated with 
braces that strap onto the shooter's forearm to be registered, turned in, dismantled, or destroyed. But the beacon said the standard for determining the device's legally, I mean legality, uh, provided no objective measures. In addition, it noted the ATF said it may also use undisclosed measures to determine the legality. And the Beacon reported the guidance could mean that owners of the majority of the estimated 3 to 4 million AR-15 pistols and similar firearms may have to register with the ATF. Eric Pratt, Senior Vice President of Gun Owners of America, GOA, said the guidance shows that the ATF has gone off into the deep end. GOA will rally the grassroots to fight these regulations, and if they eventually go into effect, we will commence immediate legal action to protect gun owners, Pratt said. The problem stems from how federal law distinguishes between short barrel rifles and shotguns, both of which must be registered and require a $200 tax stamp and pistols that do not require either, according to the Beacon, which pointed out the key factor is whether the firearm is designated to be pressed against the shoulder of the shooter. The Washington Examiner reported in October that the ATF had temporarily backed off the proposal guidance until after the presidential election. I think that last statement that the Washington Examiner reported in October that the ATF had temporarily backed off the proposal guidance until after the presidential election, which means that they know that President Trump was not going to support their push. This, 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 this thing, whether it's in your shoulder, whether it's on your fire, I mean, on your forearm, you know, is insanity. Guns, if you don't know, from pistols to rifles you know, to shotguns and so on and so forth are designed to, you know, fit a certain type of person. Everybody can always find a different type of gun that fits them like a glove. That's That should be your goal. Not always to find the biggest and baddest and most expensive firearm or watch John Wick and think you need to require the weapons that John Wick is using if you're involved in a firefight. Because I'm going to tell you, a firefight is not the way that you see on TV. That's action pack. That type of shit right there is not fucking real it's not it doesn't go down like that so cleanly so don't believe that you got to get the biggest baddest most talked about weapon no get something that fits you like a glove something that you're comfortable with something that you can utilize and know how it works if you have to use it because if shit hit the fan and they're coming for you or coming to your house and trying to get into your house to you or your loved ones or whatnot, you need to be able to get your bearings and understand that you got seconds to administrate fucking justice on these sons of bitches or you're going fucking six feet under. Because if someone's trying to come in your house, they're not trying to come in there to remind you, oh, I think I, you dropped this dollar last time you got it at your car. I just want to make sure you get it. Or, shit, I got this gift basket to you and every time I come by... You, you know, you never open the door, so I'm just going to break in your house and put it here. Or I just want to come in and tickle you. 
That's not why they're coming into your house. They're coming in there to fucking rape you. They're coming in there to fucking kill you. They're coming in there to take your shit. Now you could stand by and just let them fucking do that. You could stand by and fear and allow that to, to do. Because God didn't teach man fear. Man did that. You need to fucking strap up and be ready to fucking lay down some justice on these motherfuckers. Let them know you mm-mm, you picked the wrong fucking house to think you come in here tickling me or give me a dollar or a fucking gift basket. You got to protect yourself, folks. Police in that situation will be reactive, not proactive. We all can't have a police officer standing outside our door or sitting at our kitchen table or whatnot in shifts. If that was the case... Okay, maybe we wouldn't need to have fucking guns. But to sit here and now try to tell manufacturers that you can't manufacture a weapon this way because we may dismantle it. We may want it back. We're going to impose fucking taxes on it. We're going to do this. We're going to fucking do that. Right now, anytime you buy a gun, you have to fucking, you know, fill out a form, a form they do a background checkup on. And then. If you are good, then you can pick up your weapon. Some places have waiting periods, like California. When I lived in California, you had to wait almost a week or so. And then depending upon the caliber, that will dictate if it's days or weeks before you can pick up the weapon. Okay, what more do you all want to do? Now you think that millions of people should fucking, you know, fall within your regulations or have their guns fucking dismantle because you fear that it either goes in the shoulder or they shouldn't have this or they shouldn't fucking have that while these people have that anytime you see anybody in government walking anywhere look at the people that surround them joe biden wants to fucking harm and do away with your second amendment rights or whatnot but he got secret service around them and they got all type of guns all type of fucking mechanisms and devices and shit that we never fucking heard of all those vehicles that follow people that ain't all press. Look at some of the vehicles directly in front or behind the presidential uh, limo. You see those people sit, sitting there with the fucking back of the Suburban and the tie hole open and holding that fucking gun? That ain't no water cannon. But you got a president that wants to sit here and say, oh, no, 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 no. We need to do something about these weapons. An ATF that was basically waiting on an election. To see what was going to happen. Who was going to win. Before pushing a measure like this. Because they know Democrats are in favor of it. This is the shit y'all voted for. And if Biden somehow fucking. Squeezes his little fucking bony old ass in there. And become president of the United States. You can expect this and more. But this should not be a surprise to anybody. Who has fucking ever lived on a democratic fucking controlled government. Or had a democratic president. This is all they ever fucking say. While still being protected by those same guns that they will take away from the American people. Because the American people shouldn't have them. Only the fucking government should have them. So the American government can do whatever they want to to the American people. Because we're defenseless. Folks, enough of this shit. Enough of this shit. Enough of them fucking always going after guns. It just seems to be like the thing in this country. They always want to fucking challenge and go or rip away some fucking rights of the Second Amendment. They always do that shit. But enough is enough. Enough is enough. We got to demand better. We got to do more. We got to stand with these grassroots organizations or whatnot and fight against this shit. This is what true patriots are. If you are a patriot, you're only as good as what tools and stuff you can have to fucking actually fight 
whether it's knowledge, whether it's your voice, or whether it's weapons. You can't really fight in a war without weapons. If the government has more than you, then you are at the disadvantage. If they are on the hill and you're fighting uphill, they have the advantage. Enough of them always trying to strip away with different agencies our rights, our constitutional rights, or the rights that the amendments give us. Enough of this shit. So, folks, what we're going to do right now, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and wrap up uh, this episode of Uncensored News with one last story uh, so I can get fired up on this last story because this is a good one. And this is one that I've talked about in the past, and it has to deal with BLM, Black Lives Matter, if you didn't know what that stands for. So uh, we're going to take this break and we'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to Uncensored News. I'm your host, the Educated Republican, and let's get into this shit. Black Lives Matter raised $10.6 billion since May. Maybe they could send that money over the fucking Iran and help them because they're a fucking terrorist organization just like fucking Iran is. Um, Donations to Black Lives Matter-related causes over the past seven months rivaled Amazon's total profit for all of 2019, which was a record-breaking year for the online retail giant. According to the economic, BLM is planning to start a bank and has already begun giving money to gay right groups. 75% of black people voted to ban gay marriage in California in uh, 2008. But the figureheads who run the Black Lives Matter organization are two self-described queer lesbians who say on an official website their goal is to foster a queer affirming network with the intentions of freeing ourselves from the tight uh, grip of heteromotive thinking. Oh, boy, this is just, oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Okay, start with the great fire hose of money pointed at BLM groups and sympathizers. The example of Nikio Jorgidis, I don't know that name, of Unicorn Riot, a nonprofit left-leaning media firm that posted early footage of protesters in Minneapolis, is instructive. Thanks to online donations within a couple of months, his almost broke outfit went from $8,000 in the bank to nearly $650,000. That's enough to keep operating for another five years, he says, joyfully. Miss McKnight saw donations flow in from people in America, Europe, Japan, and Brazil. Within a month, of the protest, Black Lives Matter National Network had a had to uh, scramble to offer a first round of 6.5 million in grants, far more than ever before, to city chapters, gay right groups, and other. Now that was just a start. Vastly larger promises and sums followed as employees and corporate donors, as well as rich individuals, joined the 
gift giving donations to Black Lives Matter related causes since May have raised 10.6 billion. Exact sums received will be known when the central body overseeing Black Lives Matter spending publishes its finances. Remember the Tides Foundation, which is handling Black Lives Matter money, had convinced terrorism Susan Rosenberg on their board. Had, yeah, convicted terrorist Susan Rosenberg on their board. Susan Rosenberg is not black. The economics continues. Early next year, Black Lives Matter hopes to launch a bank to push capital to black-owned firms and nonprofit groups. Nothing says black liberation like taking donation money from, and loans into black people so you can profit off of interest. How long before we see Black Lives Matter payday loan centers set up in inner cities charging 700% interest? Whose idea was this exactly? Something tells me this idea wasn't dreamed up by uh, Tamika Mallory. All that is appealing if the movement is to be more effective than just a profit outfit, a protest outfit. But the changes have upset radicals such as those who prefer the idea of abolishing capitalism over making banks work better or who reject electoral uh, politics as instructively ineffective. On November 30th, representatives of 10 city chapters, including large ones from Chicago, Denver, Philadelphia, and Washington, said they rejected the recent changes as an undemocratic, secretive power grab done without the backing of most Black Lives Matter members. You know, looking on the bright side, Vanessa, at least, you can say you got a new flavor of Ben and Jerry's to serve up joy on the journey of justice. Folks, to sum this this op piece up, it is so interesting to me that a organization that started back way when uh, the situation happened in Ferguson, Missouri, I, I believe, um, that has done nothing for inner city blacks or done nothing for black businesses or in any situation unless it involved a police, a white police officer against a black person. And even then, just like with George Floyd's situation, money raised from um, that situation didn't even go to George Floyd's family or his kids. Now, say what you want to say about George Floyd. I've said it over here. He's a criminal. He had a lengthy rap sheet. He was high on methamphetamines and God knows what else. Uh, when he was arrested, he would have crashed and overdosed regardless. Not to say that it would kill him and not to say, you know, to give any, um, you know, type of um, leeway for the officer who did put his neck me his his knee on the neck of George Floyd, which is against policy and restrictive any way you look at it. But George Floyd still was a criminal. Those police also didn't just drive by there and pick on George Floyd. 
he was a criminal. But nonetheless, organizations like Black Lives Matter have made tremendous profit earnings on the back of these type of situations while not giving to the families or the victims involved in these situations. They are always there on the scene when it's big time. And the reason why they're there when it's big time is simply due to the simple fact that it's about them making as much money as they possibly can. They make the profit off the back of those who are involved in certain situations. They're there like a CNN or so. CNN doesn't care when anybody else is involved in any type of crime as long as it's a white police officer and a, and a, and a, and a, a black individual. Then they do the race baiting. Then it's time for them to make the money because they're going to get the viewership. That's what Black Lives Matters do, too. They enjoy the fact that a situation arises. That's a money making scheme for them to show up on scene, to cause chaos, to cause protests, to destroy businesses, to remain in the headlines and receiving money from sympathizers for a cause that is nothing more than domestic terrorism. They are a domestic terrorist organization. These women are Marxist driven. They are communists. They are not doing anything to support black rights, black benefits, black organizations. They don't give a damn because if they did, would you not have seen them in Chicago? They would be in Chicago every fucking weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Not only just in Chicago, but around the country. We see black on black crime, but we don't see Black Lives Matter identifying that or even saying anything about that. All we see is a organization that has their own agenda, which I read to their agenda. It's about rights of gays and queer or, or whatever they want to uh, associate themselves for. And they want to start their own businesses. So they're taking this money and only doing for gay rights, not necessarily just for black gays, but they didn't identify what type of gays, depending on the color, right? But they will always be at the scene of anything that happens. When police are involved, was it the white cop, was it the black person? We're there. That's time for them to make money. That's time for them to cause hell, chaos. That's domestic terrorism, ladies and gentlemen. I've told you that before. I told you that Black Lives Matter and Antifa are nothing more than a domestic terrorist organizations. That's exactly what they are. They are for-profit organizations. They don't give a damn about you and I if you're African-American. They don't give a fuck. But if something happened to you and the white cop is involved, they will send their agents down there to cause fucking anarchy and chaos and have CNN standing in front talking about, oh, a most, peace, uh, most peacefully fucking protest with flames and shit in their background. Cars, cars tossed over. Fucking buildings set ablaze. People injured. People who they say are, are Trump supporters are shot and killed or stabbed. But CNN and them will say mostly peaceful protest as they break into stores and fucking try to take TVs and shit and, and do what? For some fucking bread according to AOC? Oh, come on. 
Come on, folks. We got to do better than this. Who the fuck is supporting these people? Why are people overseas? Listen, if you are overseas and you are listening to this podcast, please, please tell your people to stop funding organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter because they don't give a shit about nothing besides themselves. You got that little little spot over there in Seattle that they occupied or whatnot. It was reported yesterday that they're occupying that space once again. How in the hell are they doing that? Where are the police? Oh, that's right. You fired them all. You're defunding the police. You look up there in, in Minneapolis. And they're having problems with murders and shootings in Chicago and New York and everywhere else. Where's Black Lives Matter? They're nowhere. Where are the police? They're defunded because these organizations saw them defunded. These organizations wanted fucking caseworkers to be dealing with the situation. Caseworkers? See how well that's going over. Folks, enough is enough. Start recalling your people in fucking government. Start holding them fucking accountable. Stop allowing this government to do whatever it is that that they fucking want to do. Enough is enough. Ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up this program. I want to say this again. Thank you for listening to Uncensored News. And I want to thank the two supporters that we got, Jamie and Susan, for sponsoring this program. But we're looking for more sponsorship from our listeners. Like I always say, we don't mind the type that jingle, but we like the type that fold. I am doing another call and action for my viewers of Uncensored News to sponsor this podcast you can do it for as little as 99 cents a month 499 to 9.99 a month as you listen to this podcast there should be a link in a description that take you to anchor where you can sponsor this program we want to keep this between us we don't need corporate sponsorship i'm doing the will of the people i'm being the voice of the people you all are listening to me you all are patriots just like i am This is just a rally call, just to fire us up, fire the base up, to remind us to stay the course, to remind us to never give up. But I need your help. I'm doing the research. I'm taking the time to do what I need to do to make sure you get the news that you need to get, that the big corporate giants are not going to report, that CNN is not going to report, that Fox News is not going to report, but Uncensored News is going to fucking report it. We're going to say it a way that that you can understand the way that you want to say it, the way that they can't say it. We're not bought by big corporate. We're sponsored by our listeners, just like you. So as we approach this season of giving, I'm asking each and every last one of you to please sponsor this program. Uncensored News is for the people, by the people. Folks, I'm the educated Republican. And I'm out. But I want to make sure that you know that I want you to have a blessed Merry Christmas. And I will see you or you will hear me better yet for a new episode of Uncensored News on the 28th. So until then, thank you for all your support. Thank you for all that you all have done. Thank you for getting the word out. Thank you for sponsoring this program. Please, if you haven't sponsored the program, please sponsor the program. 
If you missed any episode, please go back and listen to those episodes. And if you're new to the program, we got a lot of episodes for you to catch up on. So take this time in this next week as you're spending and reflecting on the birth of Jesus Christ. Take it in a little bit. Take your time. Go through each every episode. Know that you're going to love what you hear. And if you do, during this time and this season of giving, please just donate to Uncensored News and sponsor this podcast on a monthly basis. We have a lot of listeners. And unfortunately, our international listeners cannot sponsor this program. Anchor doesn't allow them to. I wish they would, but they don't. So let's sponsor something more positive like Uncensored News and stop giving money to to domestic terrorist organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter. So one final time. I'm the educated Republican for Uncensored News and I'm out.